Hello everyone, uh, this is Joanne Larocque, uh, and I'm doing a, another podcast today with a good friend and uh, amazing person, Yvonne Davidson. Hi Yvonne. How you doing everybody? <laughs> so it is November 21st, 2023, and just we'll give, um, I'll give the mic to Yvonne just to kind of give us a quick overview of who she is, what she does right now, and then we'll start right at the beginning. So Yvonne, can you give us a little bit of a bio, please, of, of who you are? <laughs> Go ahead. I was born, I lived, and the next step, we don't want to talk about. Here you go, Joanne. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> She's saying this this interview is going to go fast. <laughs> okay, with nice talking with me. I know, right? If you can't have fun, stay home. That's the motto. That's how we work things. Um, I, I was a normal kid, had a great childhood, two parents at home all the time. Every time we wanted something, my mother would shout out, your father only works at Firestone. He don't own it. So we got secondhand everything, but we thought we lived in a palace until, of course, you look back at the pictures, none of the chairs matched, oilcloth on the floor. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. You know, we thought we were rich. We had a roof overhead. We were fed. We had clothes. What more do you need, right? That's right. So where are you, where are you from? Where is your family from? And a little bit about your mom and your dad, please. Um, I was born and raised in Hamilton, Ontario. Okay. My dad was from London, Ontario. His best friend was John Labatt, oddly enough. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they grew up together, my Uncle Nelson. Uh, my grandmother came over from England, oh. married a Welshman. He turned out to be an arsehole, but that's besides the point. But, yeah, so... So your your grandmother came from England. Was she yeah. a war bride, or did she... No, 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 no. Oh, she met she him uh, in England. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where she's from. He was from Wales, so he came over to get work. Uh, they hooked up. Uh, she came ahead. Okay. She came over on the Empress of Ireland. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was before the Titanic, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. About two weeks before. Two weeks before. Yeah. And then the Isle of uh, the Empress of Ireland actually sunk in the St. Lawrence. Yes. Yes. I yeah. saw at the Kegawan Museum on Manitoulin Oh, Island, cool. They had uh, a display about the Empress of Ireland. So She was a grand old ship. Yeah. So why Canada? Why did they come to... Do you know why? Your great-grandmother came here? Um, I think she had a cousin that went to the States mm-hmm. and said, we are not living like that. We will go to one of the colonies. Oh, wow. That's going back in yeah. Canada. Because we were the new or new colony, right? Yeah. She yeah. was born in 1889. Okay. And she was, oh, well, I'll listen to mother. So her, my great-grandmother, and my great uncle, I guess you'd say, the three of them sailed over and they ended up in London, Ontario. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they sailed to Buffalo first and mm-hmm. then they had to cross back over. They wanted to come to Canada and not stay in the States. Exactly, exactly. And so your great-grand, so they got married mm-hmm. and then he worked. Yeah, got, his- got married in 1912 mm-hmm. and he joined the war, the Great War, and two years later and he 19- was gone. 1914. Yeah. So uh, maybe explain to our viewers anything about the Great War. Where was it? It was the First World War. First World War, yeah. He went back and um, he served with one of the Canadian regiments and went over and spent most of his time in 
England. Then he ended up in uh, France, I believe. Oh, That's as far as I could trace him, yeah. Do you have any memorabilia from your grandpa? No, I have his enlistment papers and stuff. That's it. Because he, he took off. My dad was two years old when he took off and left him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And he was gone for, what, four years? He was gone during the war. He came back and left my grandmother. <gasps> Where did he go? We have no idea. Oh. But apparently she said good riddance to bad rubbish. Yeah. So how did she survive? She survived because my Uncle Nels, uh, my dad was the baby. He was two when my grandfather left. I had a cousin, Nellie, uh, born in 1914. And Nellie mm -hmm. died of polio oh. and uh, complications with pneumonia. So she passed away. Okay. She was almost 10 when she passed away. And then I had another one. Uh, another uncle would have been Jimmy. And he passed, um, he lasted a few hours, that's all. So they both passed. That's so sad. Yeah, and then she basically had a new family. Oh. Because she had, uh, my Uncle Frank, uh, he was in the Army. My Uncle Nelson went into the Navy for the Second World War. Oh. Uh, my Aunt Ivy looked after my grandmother, and that's the only reason why my dad was allowed to enter the war. Because there was really? somebody that could earn a living at home. Oh, my And goodness. he lied to get in the Navy anyway. Really? Yeah, he was he was one of the last boy seamen ever entered World War II from Canada. Your dad. Yeah, so he was went in at 16. At 16. Yeah, so he was underage, but he said he my was... My uncle what? signed the papers, not my grandmother. Oh. Oh, Johnny, you can't go. Oh, Johnny, please don't go. Oh, And yes. old Johnny said... I'm 16, I'm a man, I know what I'm doing. Like all 16-year-olds. Yeah. But yeah, and his first ship ended be, ended up being the same ship my Uncle Nels was on. So. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. So, but your dad made it back home, oh, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But did he talk about being in the war? What was his, his He talked title? about all the, all the dirt and stuff like that that they did when they were on shore leave and stuff like that. But when it got into, my dad was swept off, off the ship. Oh, my, into the yeah. Atlantic Ocean? Yeah. Near Britain or near yeah. the UK? Yeah, near the UK. And How did he survive? He was a lifeguard when he joined oh, the Navy. God. Plus, they do all their, their sea survival and everything anyway. Mm -hmm. um, he was washed overboard. He got out. They threw him a lifeline. He got out. And then a, they said, my dad said about 20, 30 knots ahead, another big wave come and washed three guys off, and he went in and saved their lives. Oh, my. So yeah, he was he, a hero. Yeah, so he dove back in, and he saved um, two men's lives. One got washed away, oh. but he saved two of their lives. Did he? So he was able to talk to you about being in the Second World War? But, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he was hauling bodies out of burned buildings in London and stuff like that. So he always said, he'd shoot me and make sure I go down, because if I get up, you're next. <laughs> but he wow. said, I either want to die in my sleep he said, or drown. Drowning is one of the most quieting deaths oh, that you can have. He said, it's most calming. He said, and the only thing I don't want to be is I don't want to be burnt. Yeah. And that was because of all the work he did in England. So he was a, he was in the military? No, yeah, he, he was, was in the Navy. Navy yeah, but the then Navy. He, he found, he saw action then on oh, yeah. himself. Yeah. He was on the Corvettes, so he was doing all those close to... Um, Shore things in the courts, bouncing around all over the place, back and forth, doing patrols and stuff like that. 
My goodness. I have a picture of him, actually. They, if, uh, looking for submarines, and they'd mm -hmm. send down depth charges, right? Yeah. But when the captain wasn't looking, they'd be sending down depth charges to fish. Oh. I have a picture of my dad out there. Sitting there with his leather jacket on, his uh, Navy bomber jacket with the big sheepskin collar and all that stuff. I don't know where he got that because he never flew. <laughs> I'm wondering, that's a little iffy. And there he is with this great big giant fish. Oh my goodness. While so, he was in the Second World War. They were out at sea on maneuvers when they were doing this. <laughs> they were fishing. <laughs> yeah, depth charges. Oh, no sub, but look, there's some fish. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it... it couldn't have all been he was serious. On, uh, he was on the Clifton Hill then, because all the Canadian ships were named after different areas in Ontario. And yeah, stuff. so Clifton would be after Nacre Falls. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah that's street. Clifton and, Hill. Yeah, Clifton Hill. So did he suffer with PTSD when he came back from the Second World I War? I don't think so, because he took a job as a steeplejack when he got out. So oh. I don't think he was scared of much. So he was a tough guy. Oh, yeah. Tough yeah. guy. Wow. And so were you, your family was living in Hamilton? Yeah, my mom had just came up to, uh, my dad got out of the war. Uh, he joined in 39 mm -hmm. when the real people went to war. We didn't wait like the Americans till <laughs> May of 1941 when the war had just begun. Okay. Because them fascists down there didn't believe in the Second World War. Oh. Okay. They were all Hitler freaks. Oh. Well, I'm doing a whole thing on fascism in North America. We had our little twist with those people too. Yeah. But that's besides the point. So yeah, he wow. did a bunch of stuff. Wow. And so when he came back, he, your mom and, were they married when he was in the Second World War? Oh no, they hadn't met yet. Oh, they hadn't met yet. No, she came up to Ontario from Cape Breton when she oh, was, yeah, she, when she was 16. Oh, so why did she move from the Atlantic provinces to... Because there was no work down there. Oh, Because okay. the war was ending, the soldiers were coming back. Yeah. So there was no jobs for her unless you wanted to work your guts out in a restaurant, and that's what she ended up doing. But there was a company that came down and recruited girls. Really? Yes. To work. And they paid for them to come up, because my mother couldn't afford to come up. Right. So they paid, got them jobs, put them in a rooming house. Yeah. But they had to pay them, like, most of their salary. And it was one of these never-ending things where you're just going to keep paying these people. So it was like a slave trade, almost. Oh, my goodness. What kind of work did she do? At a restaurant? Yeah, my mother was a very good cook. Okay. She started out at the Cape Bre uh, the Glace Bay Hotel in Cape Breton. Oh, yes. She started out working there as a waitress and stuff. She made good tips because she knew what she was doing. Yeah. <laughs> then she ended up cooking, and she fell in love with it. And then she started cooking all at all the restaurants and stuff like that, so everything went really well. Oh, well, that's great. Good yeah. for her. Yeah, that's so amazing. she they paid her and my Aunt Helen, um, her cousin Dixie. Dixie. <laughs> Only a few girls ever known was Dixie, and they were in the trade, if you know what I mean. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I knew two girls named Dixie, and both of them were. Yeah. Ladies. Ladies of the night. Yes. Or ladies of the evening. Um, we'll see. Evening, sure. Call girls. <laughs> Whatever. There was no calling. It was like, excuse me, hey, you, there's no phones back then. Nobody, there wasn't even phone booths back then. <laughs> you had whistle at somebody or something or show a leg. I don't know. But there was no, there was no texting. That's for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness! 
<laughs> so yeah, they got a rooming house, and apparently the two old uh, two old ladies that ran it had a very strict schedule: no men in the rooms and all this stuff, just like you see in the movies, right? Yeah, for sure. That's exactly what it was. And my mother finally had a job where she was making money and stuff, and she used to go to a store in Hamilton called Bay Jackson's. And oh. she would get the most amazing clothes, suits and jackets and skirts, because pants were non-existent back then for women. Yeah. And she would go and give 50 cents a week to Faye Jackson's for her outfit. I thought, 50 cents a week? She goes, it went up. It was a quarter. Oh, my <laughs> like, goodness. Right? That was a layaway. Yeah. So she could buy the clothes she wanted. No. Yeah. Well, my mother did the same. Right. That's how it was. There was no credit cards back then, and women couldn't have a credit card or... I think even no, you had to have your your husband's permission mm-hmm. to have a bank account. Yeah, to have a bank never account. mind a credit card. Yeah, I think that only changed in the early seventies. Yeah, and there wasn't no uh, credit cards back then either. It was yeah. you went to household finance. Yeah, <laughs> them robbers. Yeah, for sure. Highway robbery crooks. That's what they were. My goodness. So she worked hard and bought mm. her own clothes. And then when did she meet your dad? She was at work one day, and it's the oddest thing. There was a girl there, and my mom's like, she was the short order cook and everything else, and washing her and, and running tables and everything too. And the, the waitress kept taking off out the back door. She said, I'm going for a cigarette. My mother said, You just had a smoke. Get back in here, right? Yeah. So she's out there smoking. Well, she kept looking up in the air. My mother comes up. She goes, What in the hell are you looking at? My mother looks up, and there's my father up there on top of one of these big buildings. On, on the big steel up there, right? Yeah. Doing the steeple work, uh, steeplejack stuff. And he's looking down and waving. And apparently he made a, made a bet with the guys up there that he was going to date that one that was out there all the time. Yeah. Then my mother came out and looked. And? And that started a whole ball of wax that did. Oh, my God. The stories. She made a play for him or he oh, said? Yeah. No, my mother didn't. No. no, if if somebody was going with somebody, my mother didn't want nothing to do with them. Right, so, so he made a play for her. He made a bet to go out with the other one. Okay. So he made a bet with her, and there was a dance in Mount Hope. But she didn't tell my mother any of this. Oh. So she said God. to my mother, my aunts are having a, a dance. Would you like to go? And my mother goes, well, that'll be fun. And she goes, yes, and you can stay at the house and everything. So they get on the bus, and they go to Mount Hope to the dance, and... My mother's sitting there, and they're having their, their little punch and all the rest of the stuff as they did back in the day. This is 1948. 1948. Yeah. Wow. So this one here, in comes my dad, and oh, he was a looker, man. He had that <laughs> little pencil mustache oh, there. Really? And a cocky grin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jet black hair, all wavy. He was <laughs> handsome as hell. <clears throat> so he comes walking in, and my mother's friend looks. She goes, oh, there he is now. My mother goes, what do you mean, there he is now? She goes, my boyfriend. <clears throat> my oh. mother was like, you didn't tell me he was coming. She goes, "If that, I'm not going to be a third wheel here, she said. I'm going to get the bus and go home. She goes, no, no, please stay, because the old aunts didn't want her dating. So my mother was her shield. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yeah, so she was using my mother. So my mother said, oh, I've had enough of this. So my mother went to walk outside the hall, and mister comes following her. So... He always had a flask in his breast pocket because he did just get out of the Navy. <laughs> okay. So he's feeding her rum. She's like 18 at this time. Okay. And she never drank. Yikes. Yeah. So no problem. They go back in. And what's the song they play? The Tennessee Waltz. Oh, I love that song. I love that song too. Yeah. 
But the night they were dancing, she took she took my sweetheart for me. There's my mother dancing with my dad and this one bawling in the corner. And then that's the song they danced to. My goodness. So every time that song came on, my dad would go, come on, Digger, let's go. I used to call her Digger. Why would he call her Digger? We have no idea. Even she didn't know. She Maybe just because she dug for clams and down oh, no. at the Atlantic provinces. Well, no, because Northern... nobody had a car to get there to dig the clams. Well, oh. mind you, she lived in Caledonia, yeah. In behind the mines there, you could go down. I don't know if the water was back then, but... So he called her Digger. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, so I bought her Digger the dog. Oh, yeah. His little cartoon character. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then they got married, and what year? Yeah, well, they started dating. Then my dad uh, got... Uh, he had a bad kidney, and they didn't know what was wrong with it. Then he got hit by a truck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he ended up with his kidney there. Something happened to it, and it swole up the size of a freaking football. Oh. And they didn't have a clue. So they, they took the kidney. They sliced him literally in half. He was sliced like from the belly butt all the way around to the other side. Oh now what? Goodness. It's like a five-inch scar to get a kidney out now? Yeah. But no, they there cut him in half. He's in the hospital for six months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And the girlfriend from Mount Hope and the two old aunts used to come and visit him. And he wouldn't say nothing. He's sitting there. He's got... He's got some chick visiting him in the hospital. He goes, I didn't care too much for the two old maiden aunts, he said, but didn't mind her coming. My mother came in and said, listen, you want her up here? Then you have her because I'm leaving. Good for your mom. She, she, she stood take, her ground. She didn't take any shit. No. No, not at all. That's so, where you get your gusto from, from both your parents. And my like, grandmother, whoa. Yeah? Oh, she was a force. Yeah. She was a force. <laughs> so, yeah, he kicked her out, and then my mom started going. Just before they got married, they tried to show up at... They found out that they were getting married at City Hall because yeah. my mom was Catholic and my dad was High Church of England. Okay. <laughs> and the, pre the, the priest told my mother, you take that ring off your finger and give it right back. You're not marrying one of those. <gasps> the Anglicans are just as close to Catholics as Catholics are. <laughs> they are. Excuse it's me. crazy. Oh, my goodness. And my dad said, make her. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the priest then... goes, well... She's not getting married in the church. And my father goes, she's not getting married in this church. Uh, and they left. Oh and they ended up getting married. It was a big blizzard and everything else. They ended up getting married at City Hall. Yeah. And they went to Buffalo to my dad's aunt. So I think that's where my grandfather <laughs> ended up. Oh, but yeah, really? They, yeah, they <laughs> had a big, um, a big funeral home and stuff there. They were quite well off and stuff. And yeah. So yeah. they went to Buffalo for a honeymoon? honeymoon. Oh my goodness. In a blizzard. In a blizzard. <laughs> and their life had been, for the whole 35 years they were married, that's what their life was. Really? It was a, a whirlwind. Real, a whirlwind. Yeah. Good and... And bad. Bad and then good again. Yeah. Those 30... two always stayed together. Yeah. They never wavered. It was everybody else in the family. <laughs> You know, my, I had an aunt that would stick her uh, pot and stir it all up, right? And okay. then she'd sit back half cut there and start laughing at everybody fighting. And she's the <laughs> one that started it. Oh, my Yeah. What, how did your mom handle your aunt? Was she? Was that her sister? Oh, my mom took her by the front of her shirt and slammed her up against the wall and said, you knock this shit off or I will throw you out that window. They were on the second floor. Oh, <laughs> and my she said, gosh. and don't test my patience anymore. Wow. And so you saw that as a oh, yeah. girl? Well, we weren't supposed to because kids were seen but not heard. I but grew up with that. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, if yeah. company was over, we were upstairs, especially yeah. parties because it was yeah. adults talking. Kids yeah. aren't allowed to be where adults yeah. are talking. Yeah. 
me and my brother would sneak down the stairs and we'd listen <laughs> and we'd listen and we'd hear all the dirty jokes and all this. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We didn't know what none of the men, of course. No. But everybody's laughing. It's like, oh, this is so much fun. <laughs> we used to charge people to go to the bathroom. <laughs> They'd come up and I'd say, look at my fake money. I have this little little wallet and it had like play money in it yeah and it, oh geez you can't have play money so the men always had to change in their pockets right yeah so when they'd come up to the bathroom we'd open up the bag and they'd put the money me and my brother would make like two three dollars every visit oh my back goodness then, 25 cents watch a giant bottle of pop and a full family size bag of chips back then <laughs> did your parents know that you oh did? god no we would have got killed <laughs> I wouldn't be here telling the story if they knew. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, my it goodness. Until you get caught. Mm. So I, your parents had you and your and brother. And my brother. That's and, it, just two of us. Yeah. So it, where is he now? He's in Hamilton. Oh, he is in yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. So, and then what was your life like as a teenager? As a I was rebellious years? as hell. I was always staying at a friend's house. Okay. As we were going out to the bars, I started going out to bars when I was 16. Yeah, I did too. I did. Once we moved to, to Hanmer to Greater Sudbury, we'd go to the woodland, and if the police came in, we'd hide in the girls' bathroom. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Those the were thing. The My mother would go, they're here, they're here, go in the bathroom. And I said, that's the first place they're going to look. <laughs> they didn't, though, no. at the Woodland Hotel in, in Valterres. No. <laughs> But you were rebellious, a normal teenager, I guess. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I found out very early in my drinking career <laughs> that if you go in a bar and you're underage and you order a Singapore sling, that's yeah. a dead giveaway. Really? Oh, yeah, because the, gir- because the fruity drinks, young girls aren't used to the taste of alcohol, right? Right. So if they're fruity. <laughs> so I learned how to drink gin and tonic. Really? Like, oh. like with a big sour face, like I sucked a lemon or something, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Then when I started getting even more uppity, I started drinking scotch on the rocks. But how did you afford that? Were you working part-time? Oh, I, I worked from the time I was 15, yeah. Oh, where did you work? I did tons of retail. Okay. Tons of retail. Working in stores yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then you'd go out with your friends. and Yeah. Um, we'd get paid Friday, and my friend Leslie and I would go to the Mount Hope Airport, Mount Hope's Big in my life, obviously. Yeah. Uh, hop on a plane and we go to Montreal for the weekend. Oh my goodness. Wow, you lived the highlight. Come home broke as hell. Yeah. Work all week. I had to get 50 cents for my mother to get the five bus tickets to get to work, 10 cents to get on the bus. Oh my, you'd fly to Montreal. How old were you, 16? 17, yeah. Oh my goodness. And what would you do in Montreal? Drink. <laughs> Party. Go to the bars. Yeah. We learned sign language, but it was French sign language because you had to make motions to what we wanted because we couldn't speak French. Yeah. But we ended up finding this one bar. We went there in old Montreal. Yeah. Christian was his name. Yeah. And it turned out that it was um, an S&M bar. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was complete with the, the secret door knock and they'd slide the little thing oh. open, look out with the eye. It was like a speakeasy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but they wow. had like separate rooms, so we never really got to see anything that was really going on. We've seen the Leather Boys and all that stuff. Yeah. It was, I think it was just basically um, a gay club. 
Yeah. But even back then, they, nobody was out in the open like they are now. No, they would have been arrested. And now then. everybody's climbing back in the closet again. Yeah. It's getting pretty freaking bad. It uh, is. Yeah, it is, which is unfortunate for sure. Mm. Uh, so you survived your teenage years? To some I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> He said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> Did your parents ever say, Yvonne, like, rein it in? Or they just... Oh, yeah. My dad, my drinking was so bad, even before I got in the military. Yeah. I would get so drunk, I was crawling on my hands and knees coming home because I couldn't wow. walk. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. So it was just because... I had no home... knees left in my pants either. <laughs> You pardon me. I had no knees left in my pants. Oh. <laughs> I had to keep getting new pants. Oh my goodness. And that would be almost every weekend. And then Oh yeah. You graduated from high school in No, I didn't graduate. Okay. I was too cool for school. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like... tried grade twelve twice, didn't work. <laughs> Wasn't for me. My husband didn't finish high school either, but no. you know, he he was just like you, he felt it was too cool and got a job, and he yeah. just wanted nice clothes and you know. Well, my brother and I had my well, my brother owned a head shop, black lights, posters, yeah, pipes, paraphernalia. Your <laughs> brother did. Oh yeah, in Hamilton. Yeah, we used to buy pot by the pound back then, <laughs> and it'd be like a hundred and fifty bucks a pound. Oh my goodness. Now it's like 150 bucks an ounce. <laughs> Inflation. Right? Just a little. <laughs> Just yeah, a little. if you bought a pipe, you had to have a bowl to make sure the pipe worked, right? <laughs> there you go. Uh, Coyote was my drug of choice back in the day. I loved really? that stuff. Oh, yeah. So you must, did you have a whole gang of friends that you hung out with? There was about five or six of us, yeah. Yeah, your posse kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And then when did you decide... To join the military. Were you still drinking then? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I was an amateur then. Yeah? Yeah, the military turned me into a pro. <laughs> <laughs> so how old were you? 17 or so? No, I was 22 when I joined. Oh, you were 22? Yeah. Okay. I always wanted to be a cop. A okay. cop or a long-haul truck driver. Oh, my goodness. Never drove anything in my life. Oh. But, yeah, so I signed up... Um, um, with Hamilton Wentworth Police. Okay. Uh, I signed up with um, the RCMP, OPP, and D&D. D&D, what is Department that? Department of Defense. Okay. And I thought, whoever calls me first, that's where I'm going. So you left it up to the universe. Yeah. The military and was the first one to call, but I wanted to join the police force so bad. So oh. I had to do all that. They do a lot of testing and stuff and psychological testing and all this stuff. It's pretty easy stuff. Like Trump passed one of them, right? <laughs> Cognitive test there. Yeah. <laughs> and he can pass it. Christ. My dog could pass that test. But and she's you... got ADD for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up joining the military mm -hmm. at 22. Before that, you were still working in retail. Yeah, and, and that's all I've ever just done. Just having a retail. great time with your life. Yeah, I did some bartending in yeah. clubs that weren't open to the public. Oh, really? Yeah, like after our bootleg. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jeepers. The I dated a, a Tiger Cat football player for a while. Really? Yeah, I was 17. He was 23. He was oh. a teacher in Brantford because back then all the most of the football players were uh, teachers. 
Oh my goodness, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he oh. taught uh, school in Branford. Taught oh my shop. goodness. Yeah. So what happened there? Um, he ended up moving. I forget where Dave moved. His name was Dave Clark. Oh, okay. And his number was 15. Uh, Dave Clark, 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so you went out with some big wigs then. <laughs> yeah. I went out with well, some you're, people I shouldn't have ever went out with. Oh, really? Well, you're a beautiful woman. And you know, the guys with the nose that's all crooked, and it's like, no pictures, no pictures? Oh, really? Yeah. But they might have been at those bars that weren't really open to the public, right? Yeah. They, there was a... A club in, in uh, Hamilton called the Golden Key Club. Okay. And all those guys, they were just good businessmen. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I've been to Hamilton. I did a, I think it was Covert Affairs. I, that was a television show that I did. Oh, cool. Background in, I believe it was. And I heard some stories about Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. People getting whacked down the North End. and Yeah. We yeah. used to hold card games. My roommate and I, before I joined the military, we'd hold card games for those guys. Really? We'd have houses, cars, all kinds of stuff sitting on my kitchen table. We made sandwiches. We made we made drinks. 24 hours, they were gone, and we had enough rent to pay for three months' rent. Oh, my goodness. Wow. But That's... they moved all the time because the cops were on to them all the time, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Were back you ever afraid, or you just we were too stupid to be afraid back then? It's like, oh look, we're getting money. I can pay my rent. <laughs> That's all we cared about. Yeah, but you must have been street smart to know. If I things... got street smart because these guys told us what we should and shouldn't be doing. They wow. they were protecting. They you. street proofed us. Oh my goodness, that's yeah. intense. Holy I was dating one guy who was older than my father. We're at the bank. Oh, Jesus, he's, my dad's cashing his check and in comes Tony. And I go, Tony, this is my father. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's oh, intense. Lord. Jeepers, you're fearless. <laughs> but you survived. <laughs> I wasn't fearless. It was not knowing any better. Yeah. You can't be afraid of what you don't know, I don't think, anyway. Yeah, for and sure. And I found the older I'm getting, the braver I'm getting. Like, there's, I'm PC to a point, but there's a point where it's like, I don't have time to explain this to you in yeah. your talk. Yeah. This is how it is. Yeah. And this is how we're going to get it done. Right. If you don't like the way I'm speaking, then please walk away. Yeah, that's, yeah. I find that, too, as I'm getting older. It's like, who who cares if maybe I offended you because of how I'm thinking about something. You're, I find you're sort of like, as you age, you're closer to death, so you sort of feel <laughs> like... you got to get it all out now. <laughs> anymore. I'm just trying to live slope. my life and and say how I feel and think and yeah. without, you know, still still being kind and, and trying not to be offensive Doesn't to anyone. Doesn't cost anything to be nice. It's so true. Doesn't cost but anything to be nice. It it's not as you get older, um, you don't want to feel like you have to pussyfoot around people as much exactly. anymore. I'm you not know? a people pleaser anymore. Yeah. If you don't please me, yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit there and take your bullshit. That's right. Yeah. Whereas before I'd sit there and like bite my tongue. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, 
you've had quite an interesting teenage years. Mine was slightly on the boring side <laughs> compared to your life, but it sounds so exciting. Sounds so exciting. I'm glad you made it out alive. To be <laughs> <Me> honest, <too. laughs> so then the military called. Yep, and you decided. Why not? Or what, what made you decide to enlist in the military? Well, my dad was in the military. My grandfather was in the military. So I thought, well, if they're calling, must be a sign. <laughs> so I went. Um, I wanted to be a cop, like I said. And apparently my aptitude test towards guns was not compatible with what they wanted on their police force in the military. So I ended up being an air defense technician. But I joined when I was 22 I left for basic training December 9th, 1977. Oh my goodness. 46 years ago. 46 years ago. And where did you go for basic training? Cornwallis, Nova Scotia. Oh. That's the wow. same place my father went to basic training because that's where they trained all the uh, the Navy folks for the Second World War. They all trained at Cornwallis. In Cornwallis. So what was that like for you? It leave. was hell on friggin' wheels. Oh, Best I, time of my life, but I didn't know I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. My father never taught us anything like bulkheads is a wall, really. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. My dad never talked like that at home, so I didn't have any clue. No prior knowledge to anything military of my life, so it was a culture shock for sure. So were you lonely for family and friends? There was no time to be lonely. They filled up every every second of your life. So what was your day like? Uh, your we were up base? about 5, marched down to the mess hall at 5.30, go to class all day. Um, they had like general service knowledge and stuff like that. We'd go over to the weapons cadre and learn how to strip our weapons and all that stuff. And yeah. Wow. Map marches, needle parades. Oh, my God. Needle parades? Oh, yeah. What is that? Um, everybody had to show up and get their um, different needles and stuff, yellow fever, all those different things in case you got shipped to these places, right? Yeah. And they'd do a gauntlet. So there'd be one on one side, one on the other. So you'd walk up and they'd punch one arm and the other. And the one, that, oh, the yellow fever one. Oh, Jesus, that hurt. It was like, um, we call it the 40-pounder. And yeah. that's what it felt like, 40 pounds of pressure going right through your arm. Oh, so when gosh. we were saluting, you see an officer coming, you're trying to salute, you can't lift your arm. Oh, my goodness. So I just bent at the waist. <laughs> Kept going. And they would just laugh, right, and keep going. Because like, I was a bit of a clown in there. So <laughs> You have an amazing sense of humor. And you used that while you were training. Oh, God, it got me out of some, tr some trouble. It did. It did. But I had extra duties every time I turned around because I got a big mouth. <laughs> A big mouth. So you joined the military, but you got involved with the Royal Canadian... Air Force. Air Force. Yeah, everybody trains the same back then. It was everybody went to basic training. Basic training. Didn't matter training. what trade you were, what thing... Everybody wore green back then. Yeah. Everybody had green uniforms. Yeah. So I was so glad when they brought back the Royal Air Force. The and blue uniform. everybody had the blue uniforms. Yeah. Oh, my God. So much nicer. So what got you in trouble <laughs> when you say you're big mouth? <laughs> well, and I, was... I mean that with love <laughs> <laughs> because you, you have provided our family with so much joy and laughter. We had to, um, if we went away for the weekend, because I had family in Halifax. 
So I was going to go down to Halifax. So I signed out and you put Halifax in a sign out book because so, they, they're responsible for you. So they want to know right. where you are. Yeah. Well, I got up to the gate and I thought, oh, screw this. I can't afford to go to Halifax this weekend. So I walked back to the barracks and a bunch of us said, we're going into Digby. Do you want to come? And that's when I should have said no. <laughs> but no, did I? Mm-mm. And we had no civilian clothes. We had to wear our uniforms. So off we go to Digby. And I'm half cut by this point anyway. We go into this bar and I'm partying up with my worn officer. That's all fraternization. You're not like, talk to these people. You can't talk to them. You can't look at them. Yeah. And I'm there getting hammered with them. So now I'm drunk and I'm thinking, what the hell? How am I going to get back to base? I can't go through the frigging gates like this. Screw it. I'm already signed out. Who's going to be the wiser? So me and Weber, another fellow I was with, the two of us were just shit-faced drunk. Sorry. That's okay. And uh, <laughs> we checked into a hotel and we lied to get the hotel because the lady wasn't going to give it to us because she knew about recruits, right? Yeah. And that's that basic training. Yeah. But we ended up there and here I am in my bra and underwear in bed. I'm not sleeping in my uniform because I'm not getting that all wrinkled because it's a pain in the ass to iron. <laughs> in comes the friggin' MPs. They boot open the door. They come in. You get dressed. You get dressed. Weber's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> he goes back to his uh, uh, his platoon. Nothing happens to him. Me? I've got up, uh, extra duties up the hoop. <laughs> and this was near the end of our stay. Before we got shipped out to our trade schools. Oh my goodness. I was picking oh, cigarette butts out of snowbanks. I had to scrub garbage cans out of the butt hut. So that was your punishment. Oh yeah. But he didn't, Weber didn't get Oh punished. no, he came back to Conquering Hero. He never even got, never got anything. But you did. Yeah, he got nothing because he's a man and he spent the night with... Oh, my So goodness. he was the conquering hero, so he got nothing. He got a pat on the back, and I'm bending over for everybody else, picking up cigarette butts and all kinds of stuff. We went away to Granville. That's where the 10-mile map march is, and that's where all the, the big shooting exercises go on and all that stuff. So you're sleeping in a hooch, up in a, in a snowbank and everything. I had fire picket every second hour, so I would just... You have to sleep naked in your hooch so you don't overheat and stuff like that and sweat and then come out and freeze to death. Yeah. So you go in there, take a, a hooch is a, a hooch is like a tent. Okay. But it's it's a lot smaller. And I had a hooch partner, and I'll never forget Janest as long as I live. She took up more than three quarters of the hooch, so oh I had to slide goodness. in on my side. And lay there, and my head wouldn't fit in because all our shit was at the bottom of this hoot. So my head would stick out, and I'd get tap on the head, go back out, do fire picket for an hour again. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's intense. It I was mean, a wonder I even graduated. Oh, my god. But gosh. my parents came down for my grad. They did. That was did. pretty cool. And the two yeah. of them sat there and argued and were going on between the two of them. I, no, that's not her. She's over there. Well, no, they all have this. That's not her over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But they were there. They were there. <laughs> I got to meet them at the gate, and I brought them down. And when we got to where our PT building was, my dad goes, that was my barracks right there. And I said, no kidding, that's my barracks. He goes, oh. you want to see where my room was? He went in the barracks upstairs and went straight into my room. <gasps> he had the same room that I had. In basic training, I'm sh I'm shocked. I was too. He walked right into my room, 
And he said, oh, look, they're still trying to jimmy this door open. I said, no, they don't jimmy doors anymore because they don't make locks for these anymore. So please don't lock the door. What did he do? He locked the door. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, night before the grad. Oh, my goodness. So he went down. He goes, that's not a problem. He went down. We had a little kitchenette. Yeah. He went in, found a knife. Jimmy did open it. He goes, doesn't take nothing to open this door. I've done it a thousand times. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It was How many cool. years apart would that be? Your dad was there. In 1939. And you and were there. And I was there. there in 77. And you ended up in the same barracks. Same room. And same room. How weird is that? I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever. Yeah, it's it is amazing. Like yep. it's weird, like they say weird facts, but it is truly amazing. Yep. That that happened. Things are meant to be, I guess. They must have been. So, how was your life? And so you then you you got your basic training. Then what happened? Then you go to a trade school. So if you're going to be an airframe tech or you're going to be an aero engine tech, you know, working on uh, plane engines and stuff like that, or um, you're going to work with parachutes, stuff like that. I was going to be working in radar, oh. tracking aircraft on radar. So you chose that? They chose that for me because they wouldn't give me a gun and let me walk around in the forest with it. That was my <laughs> question on my aptitude test. Would you walk through the forest with a gun? And I said, hell yeah. Oh. It was like, there could be bears. I'm thinking about all the other things. It was like, no, you would be reckless with a gun. It was like. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, they said, this is just a new trade. They're letting women back in the military. They say, made it sound so great because you see the war movies and you see the women there writing backwards on that plexiglass thing. God, I got to do all that. And I thought, this is so great. Now I really want to be a cop. No. But by the time and then, it's like, screw it. I'll stay where I am. But my first base, my where I went to trade school, mm -hmm. was CFB Falconbridge. Really? CFS Falconbridge. Right on Radar Road. Radar Road. Mm -hmm. Part of Greater Sudbury. Yeah. I often wondered what went on there. Yeah, I worked up in the golf balls. Oh, you did? Yeah. And you were yeah. tracking on... You were. Uh, we were learning how to track aircraft, height, altitude, stuff like that, how to run the base switchboard. We were the switchboard operators as well. Really? Yeah, we had all the trunk lines coming in with, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Did you like doing that? I loved it. Yeah. I ended up working in Ident, and that was my favorite, identifying aircraft coming into the eastern seaboard, uh, seaboard and from the north down. Yeah. yeah. So was there a lot of aircraft? or We would do, in a day, about 3,000 aircraft coming from uh, across the sea. Uh, regular airplanes? All, yeah, and... military and civilian. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So how did you... How did you manage to learn all that? And you were trained on... Um, I, I didn't learn um, anything about IDENT until I got put in the section and I was on the job training, man. Gee, and yeah. how many years were you at... It? So they called it... What was the name of the base there again? Canadian Forces Station Falconbridge. Canadian Forces Station Falconbridge. Yeah, CFS Falconbridge. And how long were you there, Yvonne? Was there four months, got married. Oh, God. What happened then? I uh, moved out to CFS Alsask, another small radar station. Where's that? Uh, it's right on the border of Alberta and Saskatchewan. Oh, my goodness. And why did you say, oh, God? <laughs> because I got married to an idiot, that's why. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> that was too. not a good time in my life at no. all. No, that oh. was horrendous. Oh, I didn't know that. And then 
he got booted out of the military. Yikes. Yeah, I didn't know what, um, he was let out, the psychiatrist ended up booting him out. They said that he had severe antisocial tendencies. Oh. And I just thought that meant he didn't like to be around people that much. (laughs) What does it mean? Those are um, usually the sociopaths and psychopaths and stuff. Oh. Yeah, and he had severe antisocial tendencies. Yikes. And you were married to him for how long? Uh, You're nine months. Oh, and you... You left him. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. thank um, God for I that. ended up getting posted to uh, CFS Baldy Hughes. And where's that? That's in uh, Prince George, B.C., Baldy Hughes. That was one of my <laughs> best postings ever. Oh. Met my very best friend in the whole world. We're still best friends to this day. Oh. Yeah, that's, he moved with me, but some stuff happened that uh, not very fun to talk about. Okay. Um, but you yeah. like being at that base. Oh, I love Baldy Hughes was great. We'd drive in. My big thing was to see a moose. I'd never seen a moose in my life. Didn't have many in Hamilton. Yeah. So I thought, let's go see a moose, right? And I never seen it. It was the last year I was there. I finally seen a moose on the side of the road going to the radar station. I oh. was like jumping up and down. Everybody's going, what in the name of Christ is wrong with her? <laughs> Yeah, I lost my shit, man. That was just the most amazing thing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was great. And so how long were you out in British uh, Columbia? I was in B.C. for uh, two and a half, almost three years. Were you still working for the Canadian um, Armed Forces? Oh, yeah, it was a radar base. Still, at, oh, at the, yeah. at the radar base and, and the, still identifying oh, yeah, planes yeah. coming over. No, that's I hadn't done that yet. I didn't start doing that until um, I got posted to the East Coast, Oh, to St. Margaret's, New Brunswick. It was the backup interceptor control center, so when... Uh, NORAD shut down for the night around three o'clock. We would take over down there. Same jobs, just different sites. So you'd start at three in the morning. No, three in the afternoon. Oh, three in the afternoon. Yeah. And because we were so proficient, <laughs> we worked uh, four hours, uh, four day shifts, two on, two off, and then everybody would break for lunch. Well, not everybody, because everybody had to man a scope. Yeah. And then um, you were constantly looking for. Dangerous. Uh, yeah, the Russians coming because it was the Cold War, right? Yeah. So the Russians were always trying to intercept them. We'd have to scramble interceptors to go out after them and stuff like that. And they'd yeah. leave out a Chatham Air Force Base. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, did you uh, intercept any Russian planes coming over? No, but did I did ID, uh, identify one that wouldn't cooperate, shall we say. So they went, uh, then the major who's ever on the dais. Um, the commanding officer at the time, um, they scramble interceptors and go get them. Go get them. So did they take the plane out or did they... Oh, no, they don't deny that. No, they diverted the plane. Yeah, there's one picture of uh, an F-104 Voodoo. It's flying and you see the Russian bear flying beside him and you see the backseat in the Russian bear. But he's got penthouse or penthouse or Playboy. He's got the centerfold. And he's showing it to our pilots doing one of the doing the thumbs up, right? Oh my oh, yeah. gosh! It's just it was a game, really. Oh yeah, they'd come in like we just wouldn't let them get in close enough. But they would play back and forth like that all the time, sort uh, of playing chicken kind of thing. No, just saying I know you're there. You know yeah. we're here. How you doing? Oh my goodness! Yeah. And then he'd be holding up a plane, and then they'd take off. They'd see. split off and go down to Cuba, and our guys would come home. And I, oh my goodness, I'm just blown away with this 
Uh, we oh, actually have a, a picture of a, a voodoo doing an intercept, and Doug was, um, he was like an air traffic controller. So this is your current husband? My current husband, yes. yes. And he uh, he was a um, air weapons controller. So he, they used to control the dog fights with all the guys. So when there was live flying and stuff, you'd have targets and all this stuff, and he'd be telling these pilots where to go and stuff. So we found a bad guy, and they scrambled the interceptors, and Doug did the... And when did you meet Doug? I met him uh, while I was working in Ident because we had Canada East and Canada West was in the same room because we had all these high-powered new computers and stuff. So they needed less room. Uh, It was our old computer room that held the base computer was like a whole floor long and it was all light so somebody all night long was going around changing light bulbs and these things and cathode ray tubes and all the rest of the stuff. But when everything broke down a little smaller, I could probably run NORAD on my phone now compared to what it was like back then. Yeah. Computers were massive. Oh, my God. They were huge. Yeah. Huge. So what base were you at when you met? uh, North Bay. North Bay. Oh, so you went to the... I've been there. I just... I went with some friends one time. Yeah. 22nd NORAD. Worked down the hall. Yeah. 600 feet underground. And again, you were on radar? Yeah. um, His best friend was Canada West and Doug worked for Canada West and his best friend oh my god Bob Harvey I'll never forget this kid he was about six foot six and I bet you weighed maybe a hundred pounds he was the tallest skinniest man I've ever seen in my oh life my and goodness. he was so funny <laughs> he was a young lieutenant oh my goodness and I I called him Bob I got shit for that all the time and I called Doug Doug he was a captain but you mean Captain Davidson? No, I wash his uh, his socks and underwear. I mean Doug. <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling him sir. Yeah, he's in uniform. I'll salute him. That's it. But that's all he's getting. Yeah. But um, yeah, and he asked me out to dinner one night. Douglas did. Yeah. And, and he said, uh, "Would you like to go to dinner?" And I said, "Okay." Well, we met at a bar first. I went to an AA meeting. So I you, quit you, drinking by then. Okay, so you were, throughout November your military t- career, you were still drinking oh, quite Jesus, heavily. Oh, yeah, yeah. They turned me into a pro, man. Because of the, the oh. life? Uh, well, yeah, that and the mess dinners and stuff like that. You sat there back in the day, and as soon as your glass had two sips out of it, it was full again. The wine stewards really? were right there. Oh, yeah. So they And did- you couldn't go to the bathroom until you were given permission. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so you sat there either cross-legged... Or like the boys did, use an empty wine bottle. My God. Oh, yeah. And you didn't dare light up a cigarette until base commander or whoever was given the mess dinner, whoever lit up first, then we could light up. Really? And so then, you, you're drinking and smoking then? Oh, smoking. Yeah. Yeah. My car never worked unless it had caffeine or it had nicotine and friggin' alcohol. I always had a beer between my legs and a cigarette. <laughs> my goodness. Then November 23rd came along. And then what happened? I was at a bar, and it was the first time in my whole drinking career I thought, you know, maybe I should take a taxi home tonight. But did I? Mm-mm. It was like, you know, cover the one eye and try and drive between the lines to get yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. They pulled me over in front of the Nugget in North Bay. Oh, my goodness. It was Yeah. Was there a reporter there to take my story? No. Where were they? When yeah. they could have had the scoop of a lifetime. Because <laughs> you're now the... the- Famous um, actress, we all know. Right? <laughs> so that was the turning point for you. Yeah, that was my last drink at 
2.08 in the morning. At, November really? 23rd, 1983. And you've been sober? Ever since. Ever Coming since. up on 40 years on Thursday. Really? Yeah. 40 years without drinking. Yep, I don't even have alcohol in my cough syrup. That's, a, yeah, I guess that could be a trigger, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Did you join um, Alcoholics Anonymous? Oh, yeah, Anonymous? I went to AA for, oh, five, six years. And then moving all the time in the military and stuff, there just wasn't time. I was always doing something else. Yeah. I guess I could have made time. Yeah. But. And then, so you had quit drinking when you met Douglas. I was, uh, yeah, I was 100 days sober our first date. Oh. Yeah. February 23rd, 1984. Your eyes just light up. <laughs> as soon as you, you, I mentioned your husband, he's a sweet man. He is. He's a really he nice man. Yeah. Um, what we, did he do with the with the military? He started out in the army, actually. Oh, he was in the army. Fixing helicopters. He was up in alert and all kinds of stuff, fixing helicopters and stuff. Okay. And then he wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. So he went to pilot's training. But the uh, general's son wasn't doing so good. And they do a phase-out where they knock out the the lesser pilots. Yeah. And Doug was in there, no problem. And the general's son needed to graduate. Oh, So Doug okay. was the last one they let go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But when you met Appetism. him, what was his job? He was um, an air weapons controller. He was controlling the dogfights and all that when I met him. Really? And then he went to military intelligence after that, yeah. And so, Secret squirrel. <laughs> what does that mean? You uh, mentioned before. Uh, he traveled all over the world. He was, um, you know, they do, the, the guys um, from the small arms treaties and stuff like that go into these countries and count how many tanks you got and how blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole time they're spying on the other country. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Doug traveled on a diplomatic passport. Really? Yeah, he wore a suit. He didn't wear a uniform. Oh. Yeah. So he was undercover. Pretty much, yeah. He Pretty. had a red passport. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. And the uh, briefcase handcuffed to his bra his wrist. Oh, so he was one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, so any cool shit he brought over, put it in there, nobody could look in it. Really? Customs can't open none of that stuff. Really? Yeah, it's got state secrets, right? Yeah, state secrets. Well, Canadian state secrets, I guess. Yeah. And he'd fly to different countries to he deliver. Had a, at the time, he had a higher clearance than the prime minister did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so Trudeau's not just stupid. They just don't <laughs> tell him shit. <laughs> so Douglas I hate would that go kid. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> handle that kid. I liked some of his policies and stuff, but I hated his old man, too, the pompous asshole. <laughs> Yeah, can't stand that Trudeau kid. <laughs> He's cute, but you can't pull a Bill Clinton. Well, there you go. Um, Cigar man? No. <laughs> so uh, so then Douglas was doing this kind of military intelligence, and you were uh, at the radar base mm -hmm. in North Bay yep. uh, doing scanning, radar yep. scanning for unwanted planes, let's say. Mm -hmm. And you went looking on, for unwanted planes. Looking for unwanted planes. And then you went on a date. And then yeah, we went when did to, the romance blossom? Um, I think we, we were chatting at the bar one night, because I used to go to this country bar all the time, and uh, him and his buddy came in, and we were chatting and stuff. Um, I thought, huh, he's kind of cute. So he gave me his phone number. And I thought, Christ, I'm not calling him. Who does he think I am? So I called him. <laughs> 
So we ended up going out to dinner. He took me to Tech Seafood. It was like a real fancy place back in the day in North Bay. In North Bay. And then we came out and we're driving back to the base. And all I could think of was, oh, come on, don't be a jerk. Please don't be a jerk. Because I live downtown. Yeah. Oh, you didn't live at the base. Please don't. Don't do this. Yeah. And we pulled into Voyager Airways at the time. Doug was a flight instructor there. Yeah. And he untied an aircraft and we went night flying for an hour. Oh my, on your first date? Yeah. He took you for a flight? Yeah, all over Lake Nipissing, Trout Lake, and all the lights and everything. Oh my God, it was gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Now that's amazing for a first date. And you had dinner at the same before that. (laughs) Yes. Wow, he was whining and dining and flying with you. Right? Flying high, baby. Oh, my goodness. Mile high, actually. Um, And then you got married. Like, how many months later? We weren't even going to get married. Okay. I got pregnant. Oh. (laughs) We started dating in February. (laughs) No, we weren't going to get married. We didn't need to. He was married before. I was married before. We both knew what we didn't want. We went from there. I had uh, My son was born in... Uh, May 85, and my daughter was born in August 86, so they were only 14 months apart. Oh, my goodness. And he was still in intelligence, so he'd be gone for like two months here, a month there. What, all of a sudden, he'd say, I'm not going to be home for a couple of days, and he'd be gone. Where are you going? Can't tell you. He'd be just gone. Oh, Driving wow. to the airport, to the to the base out in uh, CFB Ottawa. He'd get on the plane, and me and the kids would go home. Didn't know where he was going when he was coming back. Oh, and so were you still in the army at the time? Yeah, Force I, was, at the time? Yeah. I, mean, I went back in as a reservist and worked for a colonel. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cheapers. So you had two kids yep. within two years. Mm-hmm. How was that for you? Now your mother. Well, it was. And, and still in the. As a reservist with the Air Force. Yeah, still working. So they went to the babysitter. I went to work, picked them up from the babysitter. We'd come home, and I used to love the days Kate would say, Mommy, can I have breakfast for, for supper? I went, yes, you can. Aww. Open up that little package of oatmeal there. There you go. Here's your juice. <laughs> supper. <laughs> Worked for me. <laughs> and, and then when did you retire? That was in Ottawa. Um, oh, that was in Ottawa. So yeah. you had moved from North Bay and you went to Ottawa then. Yep, yep, yep. And, and in between that, before Doug Doug moved to Ottawa ahead of us in North Bay. Um, and I had uh, December 19th, 87. We got married in 87 in August because we were supposed to be getting posted to Oklahoma. Okay. Because we weren't married, I was classed as the full-time live-in housekeeper. Oh, my goodness. And they weren't going to post me even though I was in the military. They were posting him to Oklahoma with our children. But they weren't my children because I was only the housekeeper. Unbelievable. Back then, yeah, 77. Cheapers. 1987. So we decided, well, we might as well get married then. It's the only way I'm getting posted down there to look after my own kids. Unbelievable. Yeah, because they weren't paying to move me. So what happens? They post us to Ottawa. The only thing they had in common was O. Oh, I wanted to go to Oklahoma so bad. Oh, Oklahoma yeah. was awesome. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine worked down there on the AWACS birds, surveillance oh. Uh, aircraft. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeepers. So she flew all over the world doing that. Wow. 
so so interesting. Yeah. And then you were in Ottawa till you both retired, or no, no, I got out um, in December of eighty seven. I got into a really bad car wreck. It was a near fatal car accident. Oh. I had some uh, frontal lobe uh, short term memory loss and stuff from that. Um, Jeepers. Yeah. So when I went back into the reserves, they accepted me for service and stuff, but then they put me out because oh. I was spending more time on sick leave because my neck would all swell up and stuff like that because they never addressed the initial things from the car accident. I was still in a cervical collar and everything. My gosh. Yeah. So wow. I went through all that crap. Jeepers. But worked out. Yeah. Then he got posted to CFB Toronto. Yeah. So you moved again. Moved again. My kids, by the time they were in grade 10, they were in nine different schools. How did your kids handle that? Well, not very well. No. Not very well. Um, Jack started out at the Grey Nuns. Then he went to Falling, uh, Fallingbrook School, and that's where Kate went. And then we moved again and went to Terry Fox. Jack was there for grades one and two in kindergarten. Uh, Kate was kindergarten in grade one. Then we moved to Brampton because it was a lot cheaper to move, live there than Toronto. Yeah. So they went to Morton Way there. And then Jack went to middle school from there. From After grade five, he went to grade six. Then we moved north of Brampton to Caledon. There was a shooting there today, actually. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh. And uh, they went to, we moved there specifically because there was an art school there. And I want, Jack was an artist, okay. graphic artist and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And Kate was a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we ended up doing that. They went to a country school. So a show and tell was a, a basket of turkeys and they'd bring in their sheep and all that. was like, oh I was, yeah, I was their lunch lady there. I loved that. That oh. was awesome. Your kids must have just thought, wow, our mom is here and she's going to make us all laugh. No, geez, no. no, I was their lunch lady. They didn't think that was funny at all. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you a story, Kate. I used to wear this nail polish. And it was a like a plum pink. And Kate goes, oh, geez, you're not wearing that Barbie pink nail polish to school today, are you? Because she hated it because I'd go into her class, right? Yeah. And she just, oh, she hated it. So she leaned over and I said, Kate, enough with making fun of my nail polish because I'll make you wear it. She goes, no, I'm not wearing that. I said, no, no, I'll make you wear it a different way, child. Uh -oh. Don't mess with me. <laughs> so I got there and I went over and I checked uh, Jack's classroom. I had three classrooms, so I checked all the classrooms. I walked into hers and she goes, look at her with the Barbie pink nail polish on her. I said, oh, how old was she? She was in grade six, so 12. Oh, my goodness. Went, Excuse me. I happen to like Barbie pink nail polish and I got up on her desk and I said, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. I'm plastic. Fantastic. And Kate's under the desk going, make her stop, make her stop, make her stop. Oh, my gosh. Don't mess with me, kid. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she learned. Yeah. To be respectful. Yeah. <laughs> and not to say to her mother, it's don't a, do something. <laughs> and, and don't think I don't mean it when I tell you stuff. Yeah. You, oh Kate. my goodness. So, uh, how's your relationship with your kids? Oh now? God, it's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. wonderful. I got two fabulous kids. Yeah. And they're both in uh, healthcare. Oh, are they? Yeah. Kate's a PSW. 
Oh, that's wonderful. At a nursing home here. And Jack's a dietary assistant in another nursing home in town. Oh. So when it's time for somebody to wipe my arse, <laughs> I got a pro. And when I'm hungry, the other one will feed me. So I'm set for life here. <laughs> you sure are. I am set. Oh, my goodness. And then you retired from the military and your husband did. Yeah, well, Doug retired with 28 years. Oh, yeah. And you, why, how did you end up in Sudbury? Well, Doug uh, ended up being a cop for Peel Regional Police. Oh. He was a cop for nine years, I think, in Peel. Mm-hmm. And then his brother got sick up here. Oh. So we had to move up here and look after Wally. Oh, I see. And my kids weren't coming. Oh, my God, that was a whole year of turmoil there. Teenagers, you're not moving me. I finally got friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you ended up all coming to Sudbury. Yep, and they both went to Sudbury Secondary. Jack went back to... He actually got into some acting as well. He did Les Miserables. Oh. Yeah, he got killed four different times in that show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Why not? And, so, and they made Kate sing for it because it's a musical, right? Yeah, at Sudbury Secondary. Yeah. Yes. Because it, it's an opera. Yes. And they said to Kate, sing something. She goes, well, I don't sing. And they said, well, it's an opera. She goes, what's that got to do with singing? <laughs> yeah. She has her Bless her heart. <laughs> Bless her heart. Uh, but there was wonderful one Jack gets killed where the runaway cart in the marketplace. Yeah. Jack gets killed by that. And he's laying there and he's owing and on and moaning on the stage. <laughs> And I'll never forget this as long as I live. His drama teacher says, Jack, for Christ's sake, you better be in a lot of pain because that sounded more like an orgasm every time you talk. Oh so I'm praying you're in pain. Oh, my goodness. I, I came to the school to pick him up, and I'm walking in, and I'm watching. I hear this, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, on the stage, and then the trauma teacher says that I was dying. I thought, oh, yeah, that's my, that's my kid. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Theater's great. We put our, our daughters into theater, and they they benefited from that. Oh, mine too. Oh, it's a great venue for, for parents if you're not sure what what your kids could be interested in. Theater, they learn not only social skills, because you're, you're working with people from all different ages, but you're learning all the tr- all the threats, the singing, the dancing, the acting. Yeah. And it's just amazing. And the discipline, too. You yep. know, being at rehearsal oh, and yeah. being on stage. And- discipline, my discipline, because we lived out, out here and the school's in town. So how do you think they got there? Yeah. My discipline got their arse to friggin' rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. Well, you know that's what we do. Us, especially as yeah, exactly. Especially Tech Week and stuff. They're there yeah. at eleven, twelve o'clock at night. The buses quit at eleven from town coming out here. Yeah. Um, so then, what made you decide to get into acting? It was a fluke. I worked at a photo booth in um, at the mall here, taking pictures of the babies at Christmas. At the New Sudbury Shopping yeah. Center. Oh, and really? One of the Santas watched me with the kids and people because I'm always joking around with people. And he said, you know, have you ever tried acting? And I went, no, <laughs> I never have. I did the Alice Blue gown when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was in the very extreme background. In fact, I was so background, I didn't even look out at the audience. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, so he said, "Well, I'm a director at Theater Cambrian. Oh yes, and I would love if you would do one of my plays." And I went, "Yeah, sure." So he said, "Can I call you?" And I said, "Yeah." So he said, "Well, I have a play I'm doing, and would you like to come for an audition?" I was like, "Bucket list, check." So I went. I always wanted to do something on stage. I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I wanted to do acting. I wanted to do anything. I wanted to be on stage. Yeah. So I went, and he called me about a week later, and he said, how would you like to be Mrs. Stancliffe? And I was like, sure. Who the hell is she? Oh. She had the lead role in the play, and I was in every scene except three. Oh, my goodness. I got that script, and I didn't shut up through that whole damn play. <laughs> I knew. You I loved fell it. in love. You yeah. fell in love. I did Noel Coward's Private Lives. Oh, the wow. same time it was playing in Toronto. Really? That is amazing. And you fell in love with theater yeah. and yeah. acting. did that for almost 10 years. And then somebody said, why don't you do some background stuff? So I did a... In the film business. Yeah. yeah. I started taking acting classes with Melissa. Yes. Melissa A. Smith, yeah. casting director. Yeah. Um, did some acting classes with her. And uh, I got an audition for... Um, captive with ryan reynolds oh my goodness so that's did, when he was in Sudbury. yeah yeah so i did the audition for the waitress and they loved it but they cut it out oh <laughs> that's happened to me twice two yeah. big roles like that but you were but filmed i did a film with him yeah so i did was, you get to meet him i was on set in a room smaller than your living room here yeah it was supposed to be a diner but you know movie life yeah and there was um he came on set, Kevin Duran and Catherine Holmes from Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, they were the three actors on set that day. And I was stuck in that room with looking at Ryan Reynolds for eight and a half hours one day and nine the second. It was just a drudgery. <laughs> you must have loved it. Oh, my God. When he came on set, me and Doug are sitting there like we're an old couple in the diner, right? Yeah. He came on set and I went, oh. Doug goes, what's the matter? I went, oh, my God, it's him. And he looked at us. He kind of put his head down. He went, morning. It was like, good morning. <laughs> oh, my God, the drooling him. started. He's one heck of a nice-looking man. <laughs> he is an awesome actor. He yeah. did one thing, took like 16 takes. And oh, he wow. started crying in the very first take. And he did it every single time, right on cue. And then if the director doesn't say cut, the actor just keeps talking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he knew his lines. Oh, Yeah. He was a professional. Uh, and he ran in and he was doing this one thing. And can I swear? Sure. Okay, what he said, um, Adam Egoyan was the director. Oh, and he's, he's going on because in the movie, Ryan Reynolds' daughter gets kidnapped and he's looking for her. What was the name of that movie? The Captive. Oh, yes. Right? Okay. And uh, he goes on and on. He says all his lines and he goes, Yeah, and those fucking twats took my daughter. So they all cut. And. Mr. Egoyan goes over and he puts his arm around Ryan. He goes, Ryan, that was really that was good. You did a really good job. But can we do it again without the fucking twats this time? <laughs> and I just started laughing. And everybody turned around and looked at me. Your background, I was like, yeah, but I can't pass that up. <laughs> and we just died. Oh, but yeah, my goodness. So, so I hung amazing. out with him. Yeah. That's amazing. And following your, your acting career, You've done a lot of amazing roles in in mm. the film business. Any favorites that really stand out for you? Um, because you've really... Two Lovers and a Bear. Really? Yeah, with Tatiana Maslany oh, and yes. Dane DeHaan. Mm -hmm. It was the most beautifully filmed movie. It was just 
a jaw dropper. It was amazing. And what was amazing about it? Was it filmed in the It was Sudbury? here in... Um, in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada? No, Timmins. Oh, in Timmins, Timmins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was film, uh, filmed up there, and they had a live polar bear on set and stuff that oh. hated women. <laughs> oh, Her no. name's Aggie, A-G-E-E, -E, Googler. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy has uh, her and a big grizzly, bunch of stuff. He does a lot of stuff for movies and things like that. But it was here and up in, is it, oh, Ikaluit. Where? Ikaluit. Oh, Ikaluit. Okay. Yeah. So they flew all those kids down. It was $3,500 one way to fly all these kids down to do filming there. Plus Tatiana went up there and learned some of the language and cultures and stuff when she was there. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. That's that's someone taking their role very seriously. Yeah. 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 Um, I had done a podcast with Noella Rinaldo mm -hmm. from Timmins, and she promoted Timmins is a place to do film work. So, and that's where you did that movie. Yeah. And any of the, uh, you've done some other, do you want to name drop a little bit? <laughs> I did one of the weirdest series. It's on Crave right now. It's called New Eden. Okay. And it was about, um, you remember communes back in the day? The oh, yes. communes and stuff? Yes. Well, apparently. The 70s, yeah, 60s. One chick from the States comes up to Canada, meets another one, and she meets her in this commune. But the leader of the commune, uh, the commune rather, was a guy. And all he wanted was sex from all the ladies. He was like a David Koresh, come and get me, I'm your king, I'm your messiah type shit, right? Yeah. And they got sick to death of it, so they broke off and decided they were going to start their own cult, but only for women. Oh, my goodness. If anything could go wrong, it goes wrong. Oh and I played their Aunt Agnes. And really? they took my land for this friggin' commune. And then they made these commune girls try and feed me and stuff. I was in a wheelchair and everything else, but I knew how to load and fire a shotgun. Yeah. So I had a shotgun on my lap all the time. I hated these people in my house. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was, the director was a woman. The writers were women. That's it amazing. It was amazing. New Eden. Oh my God. And that's on Crave right now. Yeah, it oh, is. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I was in, <laughs> I think I was in you. four episodes. Really? And yeah, and then they did an hour long what happened after. Now, it's like it takes place in the 70s, 80s and 90s mm -hmm. because something happens at the end of the 70s, the girls get put in prison. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then they get out and it's what happens after they get out because one of them was rich and wealthy and lived in Montreal, but she was rebelling. Okay. So yeah, so I'm I'm in that one too. Wow. Yeah. And uh I was just checking out all your pictures on Facebook in the, the film business. And you've met some interesting people. <laughs> uh, the the lead actor from Cardinal. Oh, yeah, Billy Campbell. Yeah, and then some Hallmark movies you've done. Oh, I've done, I've done, I guess, 10 Hallmark movies. 10. I've done two, so I'm yeah. a little bit behind yeah, you. Yeah, I've done 10. But they're At least fun. 10. They are fun. They're fun and wholesome kind they of are. movies. And then you've done uh, some other TV series. I yeah, believe. well, Cardinal. Yeah. I did Cardinal. Jesus, um, I can't even think of the other ones I was in. And what about the movies? You've done other movies oh, too. One of the best movies I think I was ever on, most interesting, was called Remember. 
with Christopher Plummer and Martin oh, Landau. Really? I got to be on set and watch those two guys work. Holy moly. Um, it's a movie about two Holocaust survivors. Oh. Who find out that there is still one guy left from Auschwitz that killed both their families. Oh, my goodness. So, so one out. of them goes on the hunt to find him. Christopher Plummer is such an right? amazing actor. Oh, my God. And even Martin Landau. Martin Landau was yeah. amazing. And it was another um, Adam Goyan movie. Really? And yeah. what was your role in that? I was just a, a resident at the nursing home. Really? And it was funny, during the movie, um, I was sitting in the back and I was knitting. Oh. And my daughter, she just went, holy fuck, Mom, you can knit? <laughs> I was like, yes, this is in the you middle of the movie. You can fire a shotgun and you can also knit. Right? <laughs> She's like, Yes, Kate, I can knit. Now shut up and watch the movie. <laughs> but yeah, but when that movie ended, nobody moved in that theater. You could have heard a pin drop for like five minutes. Everybody just sat there and I kind of exhaled. That. Oh my goodness. Okay. It's a thriller. Yeah. It's a thriller. Definitely going to look for that. And I just looked at Kate and she looked at me. She goes, oh my God, what did we just see? Yeah. And oh, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch movie that. movie is just... Unbelievable. So that stands out for you. Yeah. And any, just to work with those two actors. Yeah. And any actors that besides Christopher Plummer and some of the other ones, any of the actors really stand out for you that maybe was kinder to you than what you expected? Like besides Ryan Reynolds. How kind are we getting here? <laughs> well, no, just to offer you great acting tips. There's an actor. <laughs> From Toronto. Oh, let's, let's hear it. Woo-hoo. And he also did Orphan Black. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I got to be, I was in three Hallmarks with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we won't go any further. <laughs> He's very friendly. Oh, really? I remember when we did the Pentagon Papers oh. and uh, what's his name? Paul Giamatti. And we were doing the Pentagon Papers, and I was the, one of the CIA wise or Pentagon wise, and I was carrying out the salad for the back backyard barbecue scene. And uh, uh, anyway, he was following me around with the the pretend movie camera, and it was a little little friendly. And I thought, wow, okay. But he's a great guy. He made yeah. us laugh. He did Big Fat Liar before that. Oh, Our cool. twins were so excited to be with him. But yeah, there's some that just are really, really nice and, people. And uh, Wallace Shawn. Oh. I got to meet him. Really? And what was what he like? What a sweet man. Yeah. Sweet man. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so you're still in the acting business? Yep, yep. Actually doing Shorzy. Uh, yeah. Spin off from Letterkenny, and doing you, Shorzy tomorrow. Yeah, we'll probably do about four more days on that before it's done. I think it's done the seventeenth. We're done filming seventeenth of December, I think. So living in Greater Sudbury has not stopped you. No, I'm more busy tr- now than I've ever been in my life. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Between that, I started doing stand up about five years ago on a dare. Yes, and I wanted to talk about that. Uh, we actually had you do stand-up comedy at our daughter's yeah. baby shower. That was very early on. Yeah. I didn't know the off switch happened thing. I didn't know there was an off switch, but I just didn't shut up for a real long time. I, you yeah. were amazing. You made everybody <laughs> laugh. I mean, we had, 
we're a family of musicians mm -hmm. and singers in our family. And then uh, I asked Yvonne to, to come to do Chanel's baby shower. So <laughs> the, the rock bands kind of stopped and you went on stage and then everybody was in stitches. It was amazing. The food was great. <laughs> the food you. was awesome. Oh, that's the great thing about having a, a large family mm -hmm. and chosen family too. Yes. We have a lot of chosen family. And uh, when I mentioned there's a potluck, all of a sudden the, everyone's volunteering to bring something. So yeah, thanks. Your Christmas so, parties are pretty amazing. Yeah, you've <laughs> been to that too. And, and uh yeah, everybody just helps out, which is great. Yeah. So now with your career, you're in a stand-up comedy, and how's that going? You're on Canada's Got Talent. Yeah, I'm I was. so proud of you. Uh, and then you're still doing that? Oh, yeah, I got, like, uh, uh, Naughty Nana Does is her name. Yeah. She's a little takeoff of uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys. Oh. But she's mostly my mother and my grandmother and my Aunt Helen. Put together. Yeah. And that's my Aunt Helen was the church lady, so she doesn't curse as much as I did, but my mother and I made up for that. <laughs> so, but, yeah. You have a great act. And so are you still pursuing that? Oh, yeah. Um, I think I uh, I got a gig on Friday at Little Montreal. Okay. Yeah. Which I, is a bar downtown yep, Sudbury, Ontario. Downtown Sudbury. Yeah. I have uh, a YouTube channel, Naughty Nana Does. Okay. Um, if you like political humor. That's on your YouTube yeah. channel. And so, I'm sorry if you're a Republican and evangelical because I rip everybody a new one on those issues. Yeah. So you can't be a Christian and tell everybody that you love your neighbor as yourself yeah. when you got your knife out as soon as they go out the back and you stab them with it. That's That's right. not what a Christian does. No. A Christian is um, President Carter's wife, Rosalind. Yeah. That was a Christian woman that actually did good for people she and did. wanted to help. Yeah. May she she was a good peace. Christian woman because she accepted everybody, no matter where they, where they were, gay, lesbian, trans, loved them all. And that's what I admire about you is you're an advocate for for the uh, gay community, which is great. Well, I've got two gay kids. Do I have a choice? <laughs> and nobody messes with my kids, so. Yeah. Well, they've got their mother and father's strength, for yeah. sure. Well, they're they're gay. They're not serial killers. And in the grand scheme of things, their life has nothing to do with yours. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So you can get on your high horse all you want, but and have you both, even have met my son? Like, seriously. Yeah. They're both in the health care, which is yeah. great. Uh, so any final words on uh, how can people reach you? If, let's say they want to hire you to be in the in their next movie. Or they want to I have check an, out your... I have an IMDb page. Okay. Yvonne under Davis. Yvonne E. Davidson. Okay. You have to put the E in there because some other Yvonne went and stole one of my movies and put it on her site. But um, yeah, Yvonne E. Davidson on uh, um, IMDb. Okay. I have... Um, I'm on all the socials. Um, Naughty Nana's got her own Twitter. Well, I'll call it Twitter because I'm not saying the X. No. Um, um, Twitter's um, and Facebook Facebook Natalie. I'm not on Facebook very much anymore because I'm pissed off at Meta okay so I'm not on there very much are you uh, on Instagram yeah I am but mostly more TikTok than Instagram I do oh, put TikTok stuff yeah. okay so on TikTok how can people find you uh, Naughty they, Nana does Na Naughty Nana, Nana does D-U-Z D-U-Z yeah 
And uh, you're available for stand-up comedy. Yeah, I don't do kids shows, just saying. Okay. And uh, again, for um, stand-up comedy, even at mm-hmm. their person's home, if they want to hire you for a um, I've done parties. I've done birthday parties. Did one a few weeks ago. Um, I've done three cancer events this year. Good for you. Yeah, I did um, families with children with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of the queer festivals, obviously. Yeah. So, and yeah. you, you've had cancer. Yep, four yeah. times. How are you feeling now? I'm alive, got a pulse, put my feet on the floor and went out the door. <laughs> there you go. Some days it doesn't get any better than that, so just go with it. Where does your comedy come from? Your My grandmother, my mother, and that's my uncles. My uncle Jim, was a, he's a freaking comedian himself. He is so funny, that man. Oh. He's uh, going to be 88, and oh. he oh, he can tell jokes for hours on end, that man. That's amazing. Yeah. Any final words on our podcast, uh, Yvonne, that you'd like to tell the world? I have my my uh, audience is uh, Canada, Alaska, United States, South Africa. I'm getting uh, different notifications from other parts of the world as well. That's awesome. So it's spreading. So any words, uh, advice or tips or Just your me. motto on life? Or... My motto is if you can't have fun, stay home. Okay. And I don't care who you are. Love whoever the hell you want to love. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it's your life that matters. Yeah. Look after you first so mm-hmm. you can look after other people. Yeah. And as my grandmother used to say, you can't shit higher than your arse. <laughs> know your lane and stay in it. <laughs> there you go. Words of wisdom from an old comic. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're such an amazing person. I'm so blessed to have met you and Douglas, your wonderful husband. Um, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on my podcast. And, and It's great to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. I appreciate it. And I really appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you on the big screen and on the small screen. So thank you for letting us know where you might be. Thank you very much. Love me, like me, share me, and spread me around all the boys. There you go. Well, there <laughs> you go. Subscribe to my channels. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Yvonne, and have a wonderful day. You too. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.